This is Michael from Washington State, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page. I have no idea why I got these stupid stickers in the mail. Weedly fucking D. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 735 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today. Beautiful, talented, lovely, scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. Do you think we're going to make it through this without uh, having to edit like most of the background noise that's currently happening in the background? You mean the lawnmower and Popeye gagging constantly? Um, I'm primarily talking about Popeye's continuous gagging at the moment. Yeah, he's he's gagging quite a bit. He's just an old man who who produ- produces an excess amount of mucus, I believe. Yeah, well, he has other problems, but he's, he's he's doing okay. He certainly does. He's doing okay. You know, we had a we had a Weedily D moment on the last episode, Weedily D, which some listeners wrote in about, really enjoyed. I I these are the moments I live for on the show when something happens that catches on. Yeah. And we got a lot uh, between tweets, private messages, and emails. Mm-hmm. I guess emails are, in effect, private messages. Yeah. But uh, we got a lot. Mm-hmm. People really like the moment. And it means a lot to me because Wheatley D is my thing. <laughs> Even though you tried to bullshit your way and say, oh, I've been saying Wheatley D for years like it's a thing. Yeah. Which is... Unfucking true. It's just I brought it into the vernacular of of not just you and me, but our extended friend network. Uh-huh. And then you just think it's like, a, oh, it's always been there. You know what? How many times <laughs> have you tried to steal something of mine? Yeah. It is. it For sure. I'm not saying it's you are maliciously doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just something that happens. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, you invented the word fringe. Nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I I think based on the number of years that we have been together, it's bound to happen where at some, Absolutely. At some point you lose, okay, where did this start? Where did this begin? And I, I was actually reading an article in The Atlantic, Why We Speak More Weirdly at Home. and this, Which is very true. Yeah. This, that we speak weirdly at home. The, the, well, there's a word in here. Familect, like dialect, and it's used to describe basically the secret language that people have when they live in close quarters and spend a lot of time together and you develop your own kind of language. In this article, quote, perhaps you have a nickname from a parent that followed you into adulthood. Maybe you have an old joke or a shared reference to a song, sometimes known as familex. Those invented words, pet names, in-jokes, and personal memes swirl and emerge from the mess of lives spent in close quarters. 
the the I didn't know I didn't hear the 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 part of the like the nickname because mm-hmm. for years it hasn't really followed me to California because I don't have a large extended friend network here. But Jeji, mm-hmm. all kinds of my friends in Boise call me Jeji because it was like a childhood thing that was co- I was called. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nicknames is a part of it. Yeah. But also, well, there's many things that we have like this. I guess Weedily D could technically be one of yours. Weedily D! <laughs> wow. From the show. A lot of excitement. <laughs> Well, that's what, it, that's what Wheatley D is. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. It's, that's what it's, it's supposed a, to be. Well, I'll talk about it at the end, but I made t-shirts now. They mm-hmm. can be they could be purchased on Teespring that are, it's the definition of Wheatley D as I, as I made it up. Mm-hmm. An expression of unbridled enjoyment or of throwing caution to the wind. <laughs> like if you're going to go out and party. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're going to go out. It's going to. It's going to be wee <laughs> You know, that's that's what it was intended. So on the last episode when you said, you know, it's, you know, like Weedly D. Yeah. It was funny to me because that's not how Weedly D should be said. <laughs> oh, that's not how it and, should be And used. Michael, the the opening promo drop, mm-hmm. when he said Weedly fucking D, it's a beautiful thing because I have said Weedly fucking D forever. Yeah. As a cuz it's a natural Wheelie fucking D. Well, I think it can also be used to like who gives a shit like that. That kind oh, of use, yeah, sure. right? Um, I forgot how I used it on the previous episode. Then you're using it like ironically. Yeah, you know, sometimes people send us messages and they're not specific about what they're talking about related to the show, assuming that we know what we talked about or said. I mean, oh yeah, they'll make a specific reference to. Uh, something offhanded that was said, like we remember, like it's a we have a running transcript of every single show, yeah. in our brain. Like someone left a comment and they were upset about something that was said, and I couldn't even remember that moment. So it's always a little, you know, we're talking for an hour and a half a lot of times on the show, and <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of time to be talking about things we're going to forget. But back to these, this familect. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, other words that we have. Well, it's not even. What I liked about the article, I did I did read most of it. I didn't catch the nickname thing, but um, it, it's interesting because it's not just because we've got a lot of stuff that we say that is just kind of like an abbreviation of words. Yeah. Like Dees. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, how's your day? Oh, it's Dees. Like decent. <laughs> it's decent. Yeah. There's all kinds of things like that that we do. We mm-hmm. don't call burritos burritos. They're burrits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of it's food related. I yeah, mean, come on. That's true. Because loft do. Oh, if that. Well, see, that's different, though. Because that's that was me being a jackass saying that I made coffee loffy do. <laughs> and then now we don't call coffee coffee. We call it loft or loft do. <laughs> But it, it plays right into this article that was that this was published. This is making us sound so uncool. I, fuck that. <laughs> I'm cool as shit. This is very cool. Yeah. Well, and then one phrase that we have, and I'm trying to think of things where we have said it, and then people have been like, wait, what are you saying? And that's <laughs> happened with Loft Do. But also, we talk about being Naz or oh, Na yeah. Dogs. <laughs> are you being a Na right now? Yeah, but th- that's extrapolated... There's a, they're like, you have to tell the whole story. Right. And you should tell the story because it's very funny about what a cruel prick you were as a kid. Well, it's, it's I'm funny teasing. and it's not funny in no, a way. It's teasing. It's, I'm teasing because it's what all kids do. They tease their siblings. Yeah. So me and my brother used to um, say to our youngest sister, 
that she was being a nag girl and she <laughs> and she would start crying and we're like, You're a little nag girl. It's so it's really just hateful. driving the point home. Yeah, and See? then you're proving that you're a nag girl. Yeah. Nag girl, nag girl. <laughs> Um, so now that has like, if Popeye is being bad, we say he's being a nad dog. Um, it and just then, is translated into other areas. And then it is extrapolated where you'll call me a nad dog. Yes. Or just straight up nah. You're right. being a fucking nah right now. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it said, um, references to songs as well, because we have something that I, I started this when we were really poor yeah. and we would like go to a restaurant <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like maybe maybe in an ill-advised financial choice. Yeah, I would sing "Living on the Edge." <laughs> Usually, as we are putting it on a credit card. Yeah, yeah, as we were extending the payment. So I I just I loved this article because it reminded me of all these things that you do develop when you are in lifelong relationships or living in close quarters, whatever it may be, because you have these things with your friends, too, right, that you've known for your whole life. It's not a matter of just living together. You do. You develop a common language in reference to different jokes that become a part of your language with that person. Yeah, yeah. Or those people, I should say. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would be interested to toss it to the audience. Yeah. And what kind of, uh, like, pick out a, a couple of the the best ones. Yes. Do you have a Nadog or a Weedly D in your vernacular that's with your your extended family, your family or your, your, your close friends? Yeah. One of the examples in the article I thought was great was the hog one. Mm-hmm. That it's, they, they use it hog as a, as a measure of, a, a unit of measurement for like a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Because there was a one cup they had in the house. We'll link this article in the show notes. There was one cup they had, coffee cup in the house that had a hedgehog on it that was smaller than all of the others. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, Oh yeah, well what kind what what amount? I don't want a full cup. Just give me a hog. Like a hedgehog amount. <laughs> yeah. And then it just became hog. Mm-hmm. And now that she said that they even will have like a half hog. <laughs> like so it's it's a it, I think it's it's awesome. Yeah. It was it was really interesting. So anyway, we made t-shirts. Um they are on Teespring. I actually went to see like what's the best way to have somebody find these shirts? If you type in we d le d w e e d e e L-E-E-D-E-E and T-shirt and click shopping on Google. All of them show up. Nice. But we'll also list them in the show notes and the fucking show notes because it's a podcast. And then also we'll put it on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is an alternative way to support the show. Some of the proceeds from your purchase do come directly to us. And uh, it's also branded. A little, 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 little branding of I Doubt It in the corner there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good way to support your favorite uh, your favorite podcast. Well, and let's give a shout out to Michael who sent us the He Never Listens to I Doubt It drop because Carly, long-term listener, long-term supporter of the show, yeah, yeah. wrote in the Dollamore Listener Group on Facebook that she was missing the intro drop. She felt like the show was a little dry, I believe, without it. Yeah, we can't carry the show, so we need those those intro promos. Yeah. Which, if you're a new listener, because mm-hmm. we stopped using those as soon as we changed the name of the show. Yeah. We used to, we had listeners call in and former guests and anybody who we could get to do it would call in and say, um, my name is Jesse and I never listen to I Doubt It. Mm-hmm. And that would be the intro of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stopped doing it because they all said, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Mm-hmm. 
So, well, if not you wanna, all of them do. Well, Sometimes guests would become overwhelmed yeah. with what you were asking them to do. <laughs> That's right. And they would become very, I mean, filled with anxiety. I remember watching some of the guests like, okay, uh, I don't know his name. And he, <laughs> now he's telling me to say it. And one, one guy called me. Who was the guy? They owned uh, JebBush.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he called me Dollar, Dollar Weird or Dollar something. And huh. then he goes, oh, I meant... Dollamore, I'm sorry. And we kept it. Yeah. That was in the final one. Yeah. My, it's a dumb name. It's a dumb last my name. My favorite was, my favorite pronunciation is Dollamore. Very fancy in Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, we, we, I would invite you. You can call 657-464-7609, or you can email a voice memo of you saying it to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Just say who you are, where you're from, and that you never listen to the show. Or if you want to get creative, just don't have it be a one-minute thing. Mm-hmm. Really, like 10, 10 seconds max. Come on, people. Like you're extending the length of the phone. It's a three-minute promo for the show. Anyway. If you have a cute kid, though, and it takes longer than 10 seconds, it's okay. I can always edit it down. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh. We <laughs> so speaking of the phone numbers and communication, we want to play a couple of listener voicemails and then move on with the program. Hey, guys, it's Laura from Buffalo. Um, I just wanted to call in and comment about um, everyone talking about how uh, no one is going back to work because they're getting all this free money on unemployment. I actually was going to uh, message you guys and talk about this because I keep hearing about it from my conservative family members, um, the same talking point over and over again. And I'm really glad that you guys uh, played that portion of the press conference because uh, it was really informative for me and gave me some ammo uh, to be able to talk to people. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, when people ask me how work is, they know that my industry is really uh, suffering right now. I'm a licensed vet tech in New York State. Um, in case anyone doesn't, uh, yeah. And so it's, um, it's, we've had a shortage of technicians, uh, but this started before the pandemic. Um, and that's because, uh, my industry, uh, pays terribly. Uh, and it's one of those industries like being a teacher where you do it because you love it, uh, not because you're making a bunch of money. Um, and this, the pandemic certainly made it worse. There was a lot of people who didn't graduate uh, because, you know, when you're in a medical program, you have to do hands-on things in order to pass exams. And that was really hard to do in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and so there's a lot of different reasons, but it has nothing fucking to do with uh extra money coming from unemployment. And I'm just so sick of hearing that. And that's what people keep saying to me. Oh, yeah, nobody wants to come back to work at the vet hospital uh, because they're just making all this money on unemployment. Um, Yeah, I mean, when I was on unemployment for the six weeks I was laid off, I was making twice the amount of money that I was making as a working technician. Um, But that's not the same anymore. They're not giving that same amount of money. But again, this was happening beforehand. Um, And I keep telling people that and they just kind of look at me, you know, and and you're right. It's just ridiculous. Have you ever applied for unemployment? Have you ever been on unemployment? You can't just fake the system. It's not that easy. You tell them that you refuse to go back to work and then you don't get the money anymore. It's, it's I just, oh, it's so aggravating. It's so frustrating and I just don't understand it. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, 
thank you guys for talking about it because uh, it's really important. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I agree. Veterinary medicine, um, there needs to be a way to be able to, uh, even if they can't pay us more, uh, you know, the benefits should be better. They should pay 100% of our health care, offer us more vacation time, stuff like that, um, because the cost does go to the clients, and that's why it's so hard to do. I'm coming up on three minutes, um, but again, thanks for talking about this, you guys. Bye. Well, thank you for sending in your voice memo with uh, wind chimes in the background because it was very nice. I'm feeling very relaxed right now. It took me to a place where I was feeling very relaxed. Well, at the beginning of the call, we're going to critique the call here, I guess. We're going <laughs> to review the call. One star on Yelp. <laughs> no, uh, it, it was interesting that the, the phone started making noise. And then when the chimes kicked in, I'm like, Jesus, what kind of phone alarms are these? <laughs> and then I realized it's because she was in a... A tranquil day spa or something, spending all that vet tech money. Yeah. So even though experts have continued to say that it's too soon really to make the judgment about the primary driving factor behind why people are not returning to work as fast as was predicted... Uh, the narrative that people don't want to go back to work is now driving the decision for 16 states to opt out of the federal programs that are paying unemployment benefits. And all of these states are led by Republican governors. Yeah, I know yeah, you'll yeah. be um, surprised to learn that. Shocking. Well, it's interesting because the rationale for paying it was it's going to stimulate the economy. Right. And then, but that same argument is not being used by the same people, Republicans, mm-hmm. for like, oh, yeah, well, $15 minimum wage would do the thing, same thing in perpetuity, mm-hmm. stimulating the economy. And those, it just, it doesn't make any sense because the people who don't want to continue paying, they want to keep a starvation wage in place because they're, they're allied with corporations and businesses because they'd rather punch down than punch up. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and does anyone ever hear... Remember when the the Republicans gave a counter offer for the American Rescue Plan and they wanted to, like, take out all of the benefits that would help Americans get through the crisis? Actual citizens. They wanted all the benefits to go to business. Right. Yeah. And then they're also against raising the minimum wage. So it's, you know, what are you guys wanting to do to help people? Because the only position I can really see is, no, well, we can't do that. Yeah. Well, we can't do that. We don't want to do that. We don't want them to get extra money. We don't want them to have extra benefits that will be beneficial. No, 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 no. Like, what? what is your counter offer aside from, no, we don't want anyone to have anything that helps them? <laughs> I mean, I laugh. It's disgusting. But that's it. I mean, that there isn't one. They, mm-hmm. they don't. It's, it's the same thing that we've bitched about for years, that why are we giving money to X country? We've got homeless vets. All right, let's triple the amount of money to end um, homelessness among the veteran population. Well, no, 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 no. That we don't—that's a handout. We don't want to do that. It's nothing. They want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. It's obstruct. It's obstruct. It's get in the way of progress. That's that's the entire uh, mantra and policy position of the Republican Party. Well, and if it, if an extra three hundred dollars a week is preventing people from going back to work. I think we should be having like a larger conversation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we we know people who are in the hospitality business who have said, well, we 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 can't get people come back to work because they're making this extra money. 
that's not the on the people for being lazy. That's you're not paying people a living fucking wage. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And also, Laura made the great point that if you refuse a job offer while you're on unemployment, you you can't get your unemployment anymore. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day of uh, like a McDonald's somewhere was offering $50 just for an interview. And someone broke it down and said, well, this very well could be because you get the money that they can prove that you interviewed. And if you refuse the job, then you're cut off from unemployment. Hmm. And I wouldn't put it beyond the scope of uh, corporate America to do something that underhanded. Hmm. So, Well, and related to what I was saying about the 16 states that are now opting out of the federal programs, uh, paying unemployment benefits, uh, Michael Smirkanish on CNN did a segment. Well, actually, he ended up he got there at the end. And I was a little worried. Well, the problem with him is he always he when you're fighting so hard to appear like you're all middle of the road, just asking the cop and suits questions, everybody. It's it's too much. I don't know. (laughs) He gets on my nerves a lot. Well, and this this time, hopefully, like I said, he gets there at the end. So hopefully this will be a a non-triggering clip for you. <laughs> Is everybody still working for the weekend? I'm Michael Smirconish in Philadelphia. Here's a sign of aging. You start telling stories about all the menial jobs you held when you were a teenager. For me, those tales include working as an ice cream parlor dishwasher, McDonald's maintenance man, flower delivery person, and painter of street address numbers on curbs. And often such a list is followed by a derisive comment about today's youth and or the country's work ethic. Only now this perennial right of griping has gained new resonance. Fierce debate has overtaken the country as to whether America's work ethic is dying. Daniel Henninger asked such a question in his Thursday column for the Wall Street Journal. His inquiry came on the heels of a recent report that showed a gain of only 266,000 jobs last month and an uptick in the unemployment rate to 6.1%. Here's another sign of the times. Near me, a Wawa, advertising an $800 signing bonus for new hires who are vaccinated. Many small business owners, they claim they can't find employees and they point to competition they face from the government's offer of enhanced unemployment benefits which had been $600 per week and are now $300 per week on top of normal state unemployment benefits, which the Labor Department says average $318. Henninger wrote, quote, it's now clear that Mr. Biden and the left expect these outlays effectively to raise the minimum wage by forcing employers to compete with Uncle Sam's money. Still, it's impossible not to be struck by how many employers say that former and prospective employees after a year of forced unemployment simply will not work. Several state governors agree. So far, 16 GOP-led states have announced plans to cut benefits. They include Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Montana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, and Wyoming. Georgia just joined that list to end its participation in the federal government's COVID-19 unemployment insurance program, effective June 26. That means that according to analysis done by the Washington Post, 557,000 unemployed in these states will see their weekly benefits diminished by $300. A second group of 863,000 who just obtained aid for the first time under a second stimulus program will lose all of their benefits. 
a final group of about 513,000 workers who collect traditional unemployment benefits each week similarly may have their assistance reduced to zero. Now, not everybody thinks the unemployment rate is attributable to employers who are struggling to hire because the government is paying people to stay home. The president has said that the enhanced benefits have made no measurable impact on the worker shortage. This week, he reinforced that individuals receiving benefits who are offered a suitable job are obligated to take it and called upon the Department of Labor to reinstate requirements that were eased last year requiring recipients to search for work. 35 states have either already reinstated requirements or have announced a date to do so that requires anybody receiving unemployment benefits provide proof they're searching for work. Some see the recent jobs picture as an overdue reckoning for low wages, a real-world response to the failure of Congress to pass a $15 federal minimum wage. This response from Twitter was one of many that I've received that made this point. Work ethic isn't dying. People are wising up to the fact that corporate America would rather pay you so little that you have to be on food stamps rather than a living wage. If you make more per week with unemployment insurance and $300 supplemental, something's wrong. Still others point to pandemic-related factors such as a lack of childcare exacerbated by closed schools and concerns over safety in the workplace. So, is the American work ethic dying? Or are the wages of work being reimagined? And I think the audience knows where we stand on this question. He did get there, by the way. He did get there. (laughs) I'll give him credit. And it it took a while. I was getting concerned. But I, I think that he did all of that for a reason. To really set you up to understand what what's actually happening. And he gave you the criticisms up front. But then he brought it back to the actual human on the ground issues yeah, yeah. at the end, which I really appreciate. I also like that he brought in the uh, some of the extraneous issues that don't get brought up a lot about like healthcare. There are other other um, issues at play that would cause someone not to immediately rush back to work. There's also when they said he used the word or the word is being used that you have to accept su- a job, suitable job. Mm-hmm. It's It's not like if you were... Uh, you know, an executive or something that you get offered a job as a as a cashier at a at a gas station or something that wouldn't be suitable. I believe there, there is a little bit of wiggle room there. Mm-hmm. But, it, but again, it really does boil down to wages need to increase in the United States. And you have to if you're working full time at a job, you shouldn't have to supplement your your salary with another full time or part time job mm-hmm. because you don't make enough at the other. You should make earn a living wage enough to pay your bills right it's not the lap of luxury we're talking about Mm -hmm. we're talking about survival right the rest of the developed world has it figured out well you know who else has it figured out is john stossel and (laughs) he has no he doesn't (laughs) he has a lot of opinions (laughs) and (laughs) that's prick shit you know he's he works for reason reason magazine yeah which i still follow on twitter to have a little glimpse he into... Used to, he used to work for Fox, too. Yeah. T- talk about your glimpse, sorry. Yeah, a little glimpse into w- what's happening over at Reason Magazine during all this. and That's I, uh, not a good reason. I, well, 
I it brought me to this this clip that we're going to play of John Stossel talking to uh, Dirty Jobs Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe, who likes to kind of lead this charge of blue collar work is important and you don't need to go to college and while he's making you know millions of dollars making appearances and being well, on TV. It's it's the ultimate in that uh, ignoring the fact that two things can be true at the same time. Absolutely, blue collar work is important. Absolutely, we should be taking care of people who aren't on a path to college. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe anybody's saying that everybody has to go to college. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So they don't agree that $15 minimum wage should be a thing. And they have a lot of opinions on this whole discussion related to work. Mike Rowe, host of Dirty Jobs, works with many people who do well without college degrees. I know guys who worked hard to get a construction operation up and running. And some of those guys, they had to take out a loan on a big old diesel truck. Why would we forgive the cost of a degree and not the cost of a lease payment? For some reason, we think a tool that looks like a diploma is somehow more important than that big piece of metal out in the driveway that allows the guy to build the homes that you and I are sitting in right now. But the political class prefers to subsidize college. Michelle Obama made this video about it. Let's assume she could flick her fingers and everybody did go to college. And now everybody is armed with a degree. What kind of world is that where everybody dreams of being in the corner office, but nobody knows how to build the corner office? The former first lady's video even includes the line. Quite the insult to blue collar work. The push for college came at the expense of every other form of education. Shop class was taken out of high school. We have denied millions of kids an opportunity to just see to, to optically experience what half the workforce actually looks like. And see where many jobs are. I know lots of guys in the trade who are contractors and they're looking for help. I could hire six, eight experienced plumbers right now. The mastery of a skill has led to something that looks an awful lot like prosperity. It did for Chloe Hudson. She considered college, but was shocked at the cost. When I started and I looked at tuition numbers, I was like, I can't afford this. And I don't want to be saddled with student debt the rest of my life. Instead, she got a micro work scholarship to a trade school. I'm exactly who you are looking for. Here's part of her video application. I will absolutely prove it to you. They paid for an entire semester, but it was a lifesaver for me. She learned how to weld and applied for all sorts of jobs. I've been under nuclear plants. I've been in water systems. All those jobs make me appreciate what I have now so much more. It's amazing that I can watch the Daytona 500 and know that my parts are on every Joe Gibbs race car that's out there going around the track. About what are you making? I would make about $3,000 a week. That's $150,000 a year. Yet the media say... Everyone should go to college. I think the degree is worth it. A college degree is absolutely worth it. So more students go into debt. 
debts that ought to be repaid, she says. There is not a single loan I have ever taken out where I didn't have an expectation put on myself that I was going to repay it. So that's long hours. That's getting up at four o'clock in the morning and making sure I'm at work on time. That's staying late. It's working weekends. It's working holidays. And now she may have to help pay for all those people who won't pay their debts. May they be free. I am taxed heavily. <laughs> I mean, $25,000 plus I was taxed. And it was not a good feeling to know that, you know, the government thinks that they can spend my dollars better than I can. Right. When we're told, forgive student loans. No more debt for you and me. That really means workers must pay for students who don't. I got a lot to say here. You do. First of all, at the end there, she's like, I, they establish she makes about $150,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And then she's bitching about her taxes. Mm -hmm. She had to pay $25,000. That's 16% she's paying. Mm -hmm. That's not... 30%, 40%, like they talk about taxing the rich. Right. That's 16% roughly. Mm -hmm. 16% would be $24,750. Well, she's speaking to the reason audience on that one. Right. Who who (laughs) think taxation is theft. Exactly. People like members of my family Mm -hmm. believe that taxation is illegal. Yes. And it's it's theft. Yeah. But they love driving on roads. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that was also basically an infomercial for Micro's foundation that he has to oh, uh, yeah. to help people. I also wanted to say that when when Stossel said she she got a micro scholarship, it's not micro like small. It's micro scholarship. The dude, micro, right? So she's part of his program. You know, policy expert, whatever her name was, mm-hmm. and she believes student loans should be paid back. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well. I- I like what you said at the beginning of the clip, and when I was giving their positions, I hope I didn't come across as denigrating blue collar work. I think I was no, more I don't trying. Think you did. I think I was more trying to illustrate that they place this emphasis, this overemphasis, on people going into blue collar work because they feel like that's not emphasized enough. And they're using a clip that Michelle Obama made as their primary argument that the political class rains down on people with this idea that they need to go to college. And I I don't know that it's the political class. I think it's kind of like the rising cost of not going to college, where if you are just a high school graduate or you have some college, there's a there's a higher share living in poverty, the unemployment rate is larger, you're making less money compared to those who have a college degree. It's following the statistics for sure. And I I hear them, though, that blue-collar work should not be denigrated. There are people who go into different trades and they are passionate about it. They make really great money. Well, I mean, those things way, are undeniable. Community college all, all across the country have some vocational tech programs yeah the, the the right here the, the community college you went to here has an auto mechanic program and yeah. an auto body program mm-hmm. and they actually train cops there i mean it's it's not just everybody wants a corner office dumb fuck john stossel well yeah because there's some things that people want to do in their lives where they have to get college degrees yeah 
what I do. You have right. to have a college degree. You have to have a master's degree. If, if there's certain things you want to do that require a degree, you're going to do those things. And it's nice that Mike Rowe is making, a, making it a platform to go around and talk about how people need to go into these jobs. He's also, like I said, against the $15 minimum wage. And I want to talk about that, but it seems like you have another thing to add here. Yeah, as I'm holding up my paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, before we get to the other thing is is the it, it is the all or nothing. This is the what they're they're taking out the nuance of it. Mm-hmm. That well, this guy had to take out a student loan, or he had to take out a loan for his business. Why would we forgive a student loan payment and not a lease payment? You know what? You're fucking right, Micro. Mm-hmm. But no one's saying that. Right. There should be help for small businesses. There should be that kind of help. Mm-hmm. No one's saying only student loans. No. We're in this together. That's what taxation is for. So we, the people, can can lift up people to the middle class, to the upper middle class even. Well, and what's weird about this is Adam Carolla has the same positions on this. Uh, he would agree with yeah, both of these Of course goofballs. he would. And I grew up listening to Loveline. I listened to Adam Carolla when he lost his L.A. radio show, started his his podcast. I followed him up until that time. And then I realized I was kind of sick of hearing the same jokes like repeatedly over the course of 10 years. And no, not only has he not updated his comedy, he hasn't updated his ideas. I and mean, when's the last time you think that guy fucking read a book? Well, he's become more conservative over time, I would say, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of reading, he brags that he doesn't read and he has the knowledge already. And he, you know, yeah. through his life experience, he, you know, has figured everything out and just comes to the right conclusions. He, he literally, that's the position he has. But one of the things he would always say, one of the jokes he would make is that community college is high school with ashtrays. Yeah. And that's something that was like, ingrained in my head when I went to call when I went to community college that's where I started and if people like Adam Carolla Mike Rowe John Stossel want to support the idea that you don't need to go to college you can go other places you can start at a community college two guys with college degrees I might add (laughs) why would you denigrate a community college and make it seem as though it's less than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be encouraging people to go to community college where it's cheaper, where it's more affordable, where there's more flexibility. Smaller class size. It's a good education. Yeah. But Mike wrote, he doesn't care about that because what he cares about is, is this, quote, I want everybody who works hard and plays fair to prosper. I want everybody to be able to support themselves. But if you just pull money out of midair, you're going to create other problems. There's a ladder of success that people climb. Some of these jobs that are out there for seven, eight, nine dollars an hour, in my view, they're simply not intended to be careers. They're not intended to be full-time jobs. They're rungs on a ladder. So... He's using the same argument against lower wage jobs that he believes people who are prizing college educations are using against blue collar work. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a class war. Mm-hmm. He believes that um, college educated h- higher education is in a war against the blue collar, while he enters into a war of blue collar against low wage work. Fuck you, Micro. Well, he also says here, I worry that the path to a skilled trade can be compromised when you offer an artificially high wage for, I hate the expression, but an unskilled job. Wow. Uh, look at that. 
I hate the expression that I'm going to use. Why don't you come up with a different expression then, dickface? I hate the expression, jackass, but I'm going to use it. But this is a fallacy. This play fair to prosper, this start at the bottom, climb your way to the top. That's not how this works. American mythos. And you're surrounded by people who believe this because it worked for them. You have John Stossel who behaves that way. You have Mike Rowe who behaves that way. You have the chick who won the scholarship from Mike Rowe who now behaves that way. Right? She won the scholarship. Everything worked out for her. Everyone should follow the path that she does because everyone is the same exact person that she is and has the same life experience that she does. By the way, hot chick. Her Instagram is just... I'm a hot chick welder. That's what it is. So there is privilege there mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just want to point that out. I wanted to paint a picture. Well, and Adam Carolla is the the same way. Someone who has a certain life experience where he now says that everyone should follow his path. And this should just automatically, like as soon as you hear someone talking this way. Sorry, I'm trying to rub my face in frustration while also talking to the <laughs> mic. Your face is getting red. Um, Whenever you hear someone go down this path of this is what I did, you can do it too. It's just not someone to take seriously because they're ignoring all of the other variables that have influenced their life outcomes. Lock chief among them. And ignoring the other outcomes that impact other people's life outcomes. Yeah, yeah. So very frustrating. And I hope that when people hear these various commentators talking about these issues, they're able to see through it effectively. The problem is, I'm thinking about what I was going to say. The problem is, is people get sucked into, they get bamboozled by television personality Mike Rowe, who did his dirty job show where he would crawl down in bug and rat and snake infested pits. And it's just a reality TV show. Mm -hmm. So they think he's some kind of an expert Because he hosted a TV show. Mm -hmm. He's not. Right. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you're going to email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I love it when calls, because this was all sparked from a call, Mm -hmm. from Laura's call, when they they spark conversation like this. Uh, We have another voicemail to get to, and we're going to get to that after this. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Kelly D. Kelly D. Zach M. Zach M. And Bossasaur. Bossasaur. So. I think that's right. Hopefully that's right. If it's not, let us know. Let us know. Uh, Thank you very much for your support of the show. We very much appreciate it. We want to hear from you. Please put our contact information in your phone so that when you are listening to the next episode and something that you hear gives you an idea uh, to move the conversation forward, you can call in 657-464-7609 or idoubtit at dollamore.com. The other way that you can support the show is to buy a bit of merch 
On uh, You can go to dollamore.info. That just takes you to the whole wide world of the the the, the universe of merch that we've made over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also going to be adding the, the actual new logo on sh- shirts. But you can pick up a Wheatley D shirt. Wheatley D! And that's always a good time. It is. So, anyway. Moving on. We love you guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. It's Brian from... Australia, uh, born in the US, in the great state of California. Yay. Um, I have a couple of things. Uh, the issue with unsafe behaviors and pretty much stalking of uh, Democratic members of Congress by certain crazy QAnon people, as well as just a question regarding... Um, the uh, state of do Congress people uh, have the ability to be held to account given that there are certain protections in place for what they say in hearings? Uh, but to start with, uh, Madri Taylor, QAnon Green, chasing AOC around the halls of Congress, surely there has to be something done about that because it's just insane. Like, and the fact that multiple people have stated clearly for obvious reasons that they feel unsafe at work, surely the Republican Party that claims to be a populist party for the working class could ensure that people within their own workplace are feeling safe. And, yeah, it's just insane. I just don't get why Americans cannot clearly see the obvious choice that they have. And, well, I know who I voted for. Yay, but we got him. But um, the other thing, holding Congress people to account. People say you go vote. What does that mean for those who feel that there is no option because of the constant spray of bulldust in the media? Anyways, thank you. Hopefully this is something that doesn't stay around too long. Bye. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So it's complicated. Um, members of Congress are are protected by a speech and debate clause where they do have pretty wide-ranging immunity from the things that they say. However, uh, I do believe something needs to be done because she can be, she can be censured, she can be, they've already removed her from her committees. Um, things can be done to curtail her her activities in in the in the building they just can be and i'm going to play a clip here of an uncovered video that was just it was just released by cnn i believe mm-hmm. and um it's from this 2019 is, right yeah just while she's running for congress mm-hmm. i mean she was elected in 2020 and she's roaming the halls of of congress roaming the halls of the office buildings on the house side with a team of idiots um, one at least of whom 
was took part in the insurrection on January 6th. And they are harassing AOC in her office so much so that the staff had to lock their door right, to try to get them to fucking go away. You want to talk to Crazy Ocasio? You come to this little thing and you open it up and you whisper confession into her. Session. This is confession. <laughs> uh, she's a psycho. So um, what they're talking about now is the mail slot in the, in the door, like an old-fashioned mail slot mm-hmm. where they'll just slide it in through the middle of the door. This is this is Ocasio confession right there. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I'm an American citizen. I pay your salary through the taxes that you collect from me through the IRS because I'm a tax-paying citizen of the United States. I'm a woman. I'm a female business owner, and I'm proud to be an American woman. And I do not support your socialist policies, and I do not support your murderous abortion policies. As a mother of three children, I'm appalled at New York's law for abortion, and it needs to end and it needs to stop now. You're bringing God's judgment on our country, and I'm against it, as well as my friends. So you need to stop being a baby and stop locking your door and come out and face the American citizens that you serve. If you want to be a big girl, you need to get rid of your diaper and come out and be able to talk to the American citizens instead of us having to use a flap, a little flap. It's kind of like her. She's kind of Sad. Flappy. She's like, she keeps flapping her gums. Oh, like, flappy, flappy. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, each this, one this, is ch- this is like child games. This is, this is child games. session. Hello there. Hello. Hashtag, where's AOC? They're talking <laughs> into the mail flap. This is creepy. It's, it's hide is, and is, seek. This is, this is, huh? Hide and seek. It's hide and seek. Tag, you're it. Guess what? You can't stay in there forever. Can you come out and play? <laughs> All right, so we were, I guess she got the message before we came here. Because if you want to come out to yeah. uh, visit the socialist communist, you're, you're a very good artist. I'm, I'm just trying to decorate, you know? This is her book where we sign This is her signing book, and I'm just signing it. Yeah. Should we draw a wall? Should we draw a wall? Yeah, Let's yeah. Wall. Where is it? Is there another pen? We really want to draw a wall. So let's draw what a wall looks like, everybody. This is a wall. This is dumb fuck juvenile delinquent behavior is what this is. Oh, wait, those aren't people that you would want to engage with in a genuine way? First of all, she is... Marjorie Taylor Greene is this kind of dumb fuck. Electric vehicles are cool. I like them, and I think that's awesome technology, and we want to keep our earth clean, and we we want the most beautiful earth in the whole world, but do we want to destroy (laughs) the oil and coal industry? Yes. We want the most beautiful earth in the whole world. We want the most beautiful earth in the whole world, Brittany Page. (laughs) This is That's the kind of idiot that she is. But she's, one, fundamentally misunderstanding who... Alexandria Ocasio, Ocasio, she called her. I don't know what this obsession is with mispronouncing people's names. Like it's a, you're really getting them. Mm-hmm. But she she fundamentally misunderstands the fact that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't represent her. She's not accountable to someone who's not her constituent. She doesn't need to make time for someone who's not her constituent. And the fact that she's appalled at New York State's abortion law 
as though a federal legislator has something to do with the legislation that gets passed by the state legislature inside of New York. She's, it, it just, it's civics. It's elementary school level civics that she's fundamentally not understanding. Well, and she still is maintaining because this, this recent dust up happened where she accosted AOC. Yeah. And she's denying the Washington Post reporter's account of what happened just this week. Molt, there were two Washington Post reporters who witnessed it firsthand. Right. And they were so shocked about what they were seeing they said that they forgot to take out their phones and start recording because they just couldn't believe yeah. what they were seeing and she was screaming at AOC chasing her down and this is now this is this week this happened yeah. not the clip we just played but her accosting AOC so AOC released a statement and said quote this is a woman that's deeply unwell and clearly needs help and her kind of fixation has lasted several years now that this raised raised concerns for other members I think that this is an assessment that needs to be made by the proper professional so that's the that's the route she's going I think one thing that's undeniable is this is a fixation yes and it would be scary to be at a workplace with someone who somehow was able to rise to the ranks that Marjorie Taylor Greene has, who is now in close quarters with you. Yeah. That would be terrifying. And has unfettered access to your workplace, has unfettered access to the floor of the house where you're required to be to vote and, and exist and work and be to do your job. I mean, that would feel deeply unsafe. I, I mean... Something needs to be done, but, you know, we're, we're in a situation right now where the Republican Party refuses to hold her accountable, yet votes to remove Liz Cheney, who's also not great uh, from, a, from a policy governance perspective. Mm -hmm. But they're removing her because she tells the truth about the insurrection on January 6th, but, but nothing has been done to Matt Gates, who is credibly accused of raping children. They're doing nothing to curtail Marjorie Taylor Greene and her lies and conspiracy theories, her active harassment, stalking, obsession with other members. Well, and I want to read some tweets from AOC because she tweeted the fact that Kevin McCarthy, the House GOP leader, stripped Justin Amash of all committee seats for criticizing Trump, but has worked to protect this person, meaning Marjorie Taylor Greene, from consequences, including pretending he doesn't see it, tells you that this is happening with the support of GOP leadership. She's not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely right. Yeah. So something does need to be done um, before something needs to be done as a preventative measure before something terrible happens, because I don't believe that AOC is far off the mark. I believe she is. This woman is unhinged. Something could happen, whether it's by her hand or by her inciting maniacs to do something in her in her name. Mm -hmm. Not good. Anyway, uh, we'd love to know what you think about this. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Do we briefly want to talk about the Matt Gates thing? We do. Um, he is, to coin a phrase, fucked. <laughs> well, there was discussion last time we talked about it of whether Joel Greenberg, his close associate in all of these nefarious activities his fuck buddy was going to be turning on him yeah and it appears as though that is now happening it looks like he struck a plea deal mm -hmm. with the feds to mm -hmm. plead guilty 
on many charges and has agreed to testify in open court that he provided underage, at least one underage girl to Matt Gates with whom he had sex. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't read that specifically, what you just said. What I have seen is that Greenberg introduced a minor to other adult men who engaged in sex acts with that minor. That's according to the plea agreement. Yeah, yeah. And the plea deal, which was signed this week, does not identify those men. All right. Well, so I'm... Uh, maybe I'm I'm getting ahead of my pay myself. Um, we will say allegedly, allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly, allegedly. Matt Gates has behaved in a manner that is uh, felonious, and that I believe his pal Joel Greenberg, which. The reporting is so damning. Like, he spent $70,000 paying women on Venmo and using government credit cards and shit. It's not good. And if he's going to plead guilty, the reason they're going to strike a deal with him is to try to get a bigger fish. And that would be allegedly... Allegedly. Matt Gates. And still haven't heard a lot from the QAnon folks. Right, yeah, save the children, y'all. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Matt Gates is—he's not cowering. He's not demurring in the corner. Matt Gates is doubling down. He's going full Trump. He's saying he's the reason that Liz Cheney is out. He and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and that they are the leaders of the party now. He, this, these are things he's saying. He's. He's hoping that 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 it carries the day. He he's hoping he can escape consequences like Donald Trump did using the same tactics, forgetting that he doesn't have the kind of immunity that a president of the United States has. Yeah. Well, and he hasn't been abandoned by his party yet. So maybe he's he's banking on that as well. Ugh, Disgusting. Anyway, there is one other thing we're going to talk about. And since it's just one other thing, <laughs> I'm not going to play the democracy drop. But as everybody knows, the CDC has completely reversed the guidelines on mask wearing in public. And it has caused a weird situation where people are now questioning and calling for the dissolution of the CDC. We've seen not like anybody major, but like in Facebook groups and stuff. But some liberals are reacting that way. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's strange to me. I have some of the same questions. But what, what is strange to me is the people who were, you just got to listen to the CDC, support the CDC when Trump was president, are now questioning the CDC. Mm -hmm. They were A-OK, liberals I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. were A-OK with a Trump CDC. And there were a few moments where there was obviously naked political things happening that were, were identified. But they were, got to listen to the science, CDC, CDC. Listen to Fauci, listen to Fauci. And now that it's Biden in there, there's all this consternation and suspicion about what the CDC is doing. And why would you say that is? I, I, I don't know. I earnestly don't know. I think people are um, rightly concerned about the quick reversal of the mask mandate in public and in the outdoors and even indoors. It's coming down to. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you have an idea? Well, I just wonder how much of it is directly related to political partisanship and that what has happened here is that there's two tribes. There's the conservative tribe that is resisting tyranny and uh, not wearing a mask Quote and unquote. not wanting the vaccine in their bodies. And there are the liberals who have been following the science and following the directives and, and masking and and doing what they need to do to keep themselves safe and, and keeping other people safe. And now they don't know what to do with that political identity that has been wrapped up in masking because they don't want to be anti-maskers. They don't want to be conservatives. And it's kind of tough just like hopping out of that all of a sudden. But it's follow the... I mean, the CDC is not doing it for no reason. And look... I don't understand a lot of it. That's why I'm going to rely on the the advice of the CDC. Well, and that's why I think it's okay to have questions. I think yeah, where for it, sure. I think where it's gone too far is where I've seen people, liberals, say that the CDC needs to be dismantled because of them taking this step. That's a little concerning to me. Now, I think it's okay to have questions about it, about you know why there weren't like benchmarks in place or. Uh, why it was announced all of a sudden like it, it was a surprise for sure it, it came out of nowhere and it's a pretty big reversal although it's not a complete if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear masks you're still wearing masks when you uh, visit medical settings you're still wearing masks um and public transportation when you're traveling on airplanes there are still settings nursing where homes vaccinated people are going to be wearing masks it's also going to depend on your state for in California, for example, we're still going to be wearing masks for another month. That's going to stay in place like June 15th, probably, or June 5th, somewhere around there. So the directive is for vaccinated people. And this is partly based on, quote, the science is quite clear on this. This is from the New York Times, according to a health policy expert uh, who goes on to say mounting evidence indicates that people who are vaccinated are highly unlikely to catch or transmit the virus. The risk is definitely not zero, but it's it's clear that it's very low. And so this is the primary driving factor behind the announcement that vaccinated people can go unmasked outdoors and indoors. I think, like I said, it's OK to ask questions, for example, Where is this going to leave us with people who are immunocompromised out in public? Yeah. And you have these really radical takes now where people are like mocking people who are still wearing masks, whether outdoors or indoors. Dr. Carlson is one of these. Who who gives a shit what someone else is doing? And you don't know what they have going on. Maybe they're immunocompromised. Maybe they have someone that they care about who's immunocompromised. And now that you have this announcement where vaccinated people can go unmasked here in Orange County, we have people who uh, are anti-maskers who have been this whole time who are going to refuse to be vaccinated. And and because there's no system to test who is actually vaccinated or not, you're ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to have a store full of people and all the anti-maskers is just, yeah, I'm vaccinated and claiming that they are when they're not. Right. And that's concerning for people who are immunocompromised. So I'm I'm not going to be judgmental if I see someone wearing a mask still because I don't know their I'm, deal. I'm still going to wear a mask like in the store mm-hmm. because of that comfortability factor to make other people feel comfortable and be okay. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that that's fair, too. I know that. We've heard from people that they feel we've been very 
judgmental and in some ways radical during I've certainly been judgmental fuck yeah during the pandemic i see that a different way in terms of being safe and keeping other people safe i will say jesse as soon as you got your second dose and you were fully vaccinated i felt a lot safer being at work being in public it was a sigh of relief and knowing that vaccinated people are unlikely to transmit the virus because I, I was fearful of you not being vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were double masking until we became fully vaccinated. We're no longer double masking in public. We've actually eaten indoors as well. Before this CDC announcement, we yeah, ate yeah, yeah. indoors. At a place we trust. At a business that has absolutely taken it seriously. Right. We wouldn't just do that anywhere. <laughs> and that's yeah. the other thing. I think there's a way to navigate this. In a way where you are thinking about your own comfortability, your own level of risk taking, and making sensible decisions. It's okay to ask questions about why was this so sudden with the CDC, sure. but to say that you want to dismantle it because you don't agree that they're encouraging people to go without their masks outdoors and indoors if they're vaccinated, that is not reasonable also just because you don't fully understand it yourself being a, a non-medically educated individual why would you substitute your understanding however tenuous it is uh, for the, the 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 judgment of the the mass of scientists who have analyzed the data at the cdc mm -hmm. I, I just why was the trump cdc Something to be trusted and venerated, but the the same CDC under Biden. Oh my God, what are they doing? It's. I think we need to, we need to shed the identity of we're because uh, we're not always going to remain masked. That's not the way it is. At mm -hmm. some point, if you're out there and you're you're in some kind of a uh, an anti you know a, a cult related to 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 fighting the virus. Once there's herd immunity, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I find it very strange. I'm still going to mask for other people, but I, I, I trust the CDC. And when you say for other people, I just want to note, because you're not talking about the potential of carrying the virus, because we know now that a vaccinated person may carry the virus, but it's too little of a virus to infect other people. Yeah. You're saying you want to make other people feel comfortable out in public like you're not unvaccinated going without a mask and potentially putting them at risk. No, yeah, not comfortable that they will get infected from me. Comfortable right. psychically that, oh, okay, I'm I'm safe here because it's a bunch of ma masked people. Right. Also, because it's not that big of a fucking imposition to have a mask on your face. That's the problem. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. I also, there's, again, with a lot of the judgment from people now that are, why are people still wearing a mask? Why aren't people... Uh, there's an element to trauma to all this, and I don't I don't want to be dramatic, but no, that's for real. Th there, for sure. people have been walking around genuinely fearful that they could die, and that's based on reality. By the way, that's not someone being dramatic because uh, even even think about the load of stress about what you're touching and not wanting to touch anything until you can get your hand sanitized, and all of the things and the behaviors that we've modeled over the course of the last over one year that was completely new to us, that load of stress has to do something mm -hmm. uh, to, to you psychologically and I believe even physiologically. Well, almost 600,000 Americans have died yeah. since the pandemic started. So when you're talking about people walking around 
afraid of the air, concerned about dying, concerned about people that they love dying. Dealing with the stress of their family dying. Dealing with the stress of their family dying. Um, dealing with the stress of not being able to work, having financial problems. Yeah, it's so wide-ranging. I mean, it's it's been terrible. And to now stand in a place of judgment, like, let's go. Let's get back to normal. Why are you acting like this? Yeah. Let's pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and just come on. We can all get this together. Give people some time yeah, to yeah. work through their shit. How about that? Maybe that it's the quickness of this that is leaving people reeling in, yes. in the wake of it. Yeah. Yeah. And for 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 a further discussion on the matter, we got a clip from PBS that really... It's going to, it sums up, it does, I know that sums everything up, but it addresses this exact question. Is the CDC guidance um, uh, easing the mask requirements? Is it premature? And they have a conversation with the doctor. Hmm. The Centers for Disease Control say the studies show that people who are fully vaccinated are by and large strongly protected and they also see studies showing that they are unlikely to be able to pass on the disease. So taking that equity issue, is there also a health issue or no? Is it safe for people who are fully vaccinated? Are they a threat to anyone else without their masks indoors? I think that definitely the vaccines are very, very effective and those studies are right. But in a time where we don't know who is fully vaccinated, you don't know if the person in front of you is fully vaccinated. There are people who cannot get vaccinated. There are children who cannot get vaccinated. So a lot of people are feeling unsafe uh, and there are currently no ways of determining or asking people uh, about their vaccination status. There is no uh, local uh, systems. And uh, in fact, it's perhaps not uh, a part of an etiquette to be able to ask the person in front of you at the checkout counter, excuse me, you're not wearing a mask, but are you fully vaccinated? So we're hearing a lot from a lot of people who are concerned about that, concerned that um, that may be people who are immunocompromised and cannot mount uh, a, a full response. Uh, children and other vulnerable people um, may actually have to continue wearing a mask and sort of defeats the purpose here. It is, that ultimately is the question, is where does it leave people who are immunocompromised that you're now giving license to people who weren't, who probably weren't going to wear a mask anyway mm -hmm. to not wear a mask and feel emboldened about it. Right. But, there, you know, there there are, I'm sure, a, a wide percentage of individuals who are anti-mask but do it because they don't want to cause a scene or they're they generally follow the social rules right and they're now free to not do it mm -hmm. which is going to put people which is certainly a smaller percentage of uh, than the, the the regular population yeah um of immunocompromised people it's going to put them at a greater risk. For sure. And they're going to have to continue for a longer period of time of under the burden of that stress that we just talked about. Yeah. That's a fucking bummer. Yeah. I feel like so much of what we talk about on the show really could be summarized as like, don't be a dick. And it really fits <laughs> yeah. here as well where, I mean, if people are vaccinated and they feel safe going and doing various activities, we're to the point, I think, where vaccinated people can do that and if people want to continue wearing a mask because they're still freaked out or they don't feel safe or they're immunocompromised or they have family who's immunocompromised whatever just w don't be a dick yeah yeah it, it's 
I mean, really, it's a good it's a good rule to follow, Brittany Page. And consider other people, you know, and that's that's what would be so enraging to us during this whole pandemic thing with people who are anti-mask out in public is it's a disregard for other people. And really, you just need to come back to center and think about how can I be compassionate toward people and consider what's best for myself and the people around me. And not even the people around you, the people you don't know who you might transfer the virus. I mean, that's ultimately, I'm not going to get hash it again, but that's, it's, yeah, you're young, you're healthy, that's fine, but you might catch it, be asymptomatic and pass it on to somebody who even maybe passes it on to somebody who fucking dies. And I think there's, there's something to be said. You know, again, this is a punching up, punching down argument and uh, if you're somebody who refused to wear a mask, considering yourself a liberal, going out to eat and then carrying on with your life, thinking that there's a 0.005% chance of catching the fucking virus, you were punching down. You were putting people at risk, even though you didn't consciously think you were. Apparently, I'm subtweeting by way of podcast. Uh, anyway... We're going to end it there. <laughs> Is that where we're ending it? We're going to end it there. Well, I would also, I want to hear from the audience on this for sure, because in so many ways, we've been going through this together with the audience. And we have several voice memos from people that sent in messages about what they're looking forward to. And we're going to be putting those all together. We didn't get too many of them, but we're going to right. we're going to put them together so that everyone can hear it. Since we're moving closer to that time, we're we're almost there. We're basically there. Yeah. We're, we're there. And if, if you're if you're vaccinated, we're there. If you're vaccinated, you're there. Because let me say, and I guess we're not going to end it here. Um, and we are going ultimately going to end it here. Is it that that sentence that you read? The, the 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 mounting evidence indicates that people who are vaccinated are highly unlikely to catch or transmit the virus makes me very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It really does that yeah. I'm it is like a <sighs> right it's a it's a stress reliever. Yeah. So anyway, I guess that's that's it. <laughs> well, I want to hear from the audience like I said about their response to the CDC announcement, how they feel like things are moving forward, what it's like in your state. I know there's many states where there hasn't been a mask mandate for quite some time. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be in those places, but it's all of those states uh, that that um, are taking the unemployment benefits away. Smirconish, <laughs> he listed there. It's all those 16 states that also I, I wrote a note and I didn't even say Notice those are also states with depressed and underperforming economies, by the way. Uh, well, they're forcing people to earn less money. And they're all they're all all shitty economies where they don't have giant industries and they're taking care of biz as far as uh, the United States economy as a whole. Well, listen, I think they are the states that really resist tyranny. And that's the primary quality of those She's states. She's not a Christian! <laughs> that lady lives in all of those states. <laughs> We're going to end it there. We would like to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.